up. (laughs) 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 And welcome to the first episode of the second season of Laughter on Tap. And I'm delighted to welcome Samia Nicholas today. So welcome to Laughter on Tap. Hello. Hello, John. How are you? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Now, you are a science teacher in a secondary school. That's right. Is it funny? Uh, certainly. You know, there are days where you're either laughing at the students or with the students. But yes, it is one of those jobs which uh, you do find yourself laughing. And if you didn't laugh, you'd be crying. Yes. Oh, that's that's great. Right. Okay. And secondly, um, about laughter itself, what do you think is your relationship with laughter? Well, I think it's it's very important. I've given this a lot of thought and I think laughter in my life is is part of who I am. Uh, it's a huge, just a huge part of it. You know, I, I use it to connect with people and I use it to make sure that people aren't angry with me or, uh, you know, there's no tense situation going on. Um, and, uh, and, you know, preparing for this interview, I've, I've realized how much it has been a part of my personality and upbringing and, and how I sort of spent my childhood as well. So it's, it's a huge, important part of my life. That's brilliant. Well, that's really great. I think we'd probably be good to talk about your background. You've mentioned it's been important. So uh, you've used the term which I'd not heard of before, TCK, and I know you don't really like the term, but could you explain what it means? Yes. Yeah, so um, a TCK is a, a third culture kid, uh, which is cringeworthy to my ears. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's defined as someone who spent their childhood uh, in a country not of their sort of origin, uh, whatever that means. Um, and as a TCK, I spent my childhood in several countries. So I was born in England, but three months, uh, I was only three months old when we moved to Pakistan and then basically moved around Southeast Asia for all of my years uh, until I came to England for university at 18. Yeah, so that is a big deal. And what effects do you think it has upon you being a TCK and did laughter play a part in that life? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think uh, being someone who had to move around, uh, you know, move schools, uh, move countries every year or two, uh, especially in the primary years where it's really important to, you know, make those connections, make those those early friendships and, and learn about what it is to be a friend and, and that sort of thing. You know, every every you know short period of time, I'd have to say goodbye to those friends and then face mm. the pro- prospect of making new friends. And I think it's part of a survival tactic to speed up that sort of process of making friends. Um, the best way is either to to laugh with people at their jokes and to make them laugh. You know, you, you it puts people yeah. at ease, doesn't it? If you're there, sort of laughing at their jokes, and you're there and you're kind of making them laugh, everyone that means everyone's getting on, you know, there's no tension or anything like that. Uh, So I think it became a fairly essential part of coping with with moving around a lot and and having to meet new people. Uh, So yeah, I think that was why it was such a big impact on me growing up. And do you think it still affects you now? I mean, obviously, you've told me you've lived now in the UK for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But do you think you're still a TCK in England? 
I would say so. I still find some situations a bit awkward. Uh, I, I don't get pub culture at all, really. <laughs> just one of the, I don't know if that's just me, but uh, you know the whole like uh, let's you know, getting around in. Just I just don't get it. I just I, I mean I, I get it, but when I try and do it. It's always at the wrong time, or I've just not read it properly, or everyone refuses, or and so I just sort of stop, and then I become that awkward person who, when they ask, you know, oh, can I shall I get you a drink? And they're like, no, no, I'll just pay for it myself. And then you know, it's just it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Don't ever invite me to a pub, basically, because <laughs> I'll just melt. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely and it being being having grown up like that has uh, it still affects me definitely. Uh, I, I, it's not that I feel like a stranger in this country or, or even a foreigner, but I think I, I get you know being a foreigner. I often make friends with people who are would be classed as foreigners um, just because I guess I get I get where they're coming from and uh, that they are in a you know a different culture in a different place and. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely made an impact on my adult life as well. And I think you also said that you would say you don't think you've got that many close friends. Is that connected to it? Uh, yes. Um, you know, again, if, if, if you miss out on that experience uh, in primary school, and I know I'm not saying that this is just TCKs, you know, there are, of course, people who just move when they're young or, or have something happen in their life. I just think that, that when you're young, you learn about what it is um, to have relationships, those early sort of um, relationships. And having basically missed being able to connect with someone for a long time, to get to know them, to get to really know them, I think I just never really understood what it takes to to have friends. And uh, when I ended up in uh, Singapore uh, in secondary school, uh, I was put uh, in boarding school. Uh, and that was um, you know, it was, it was a good decision by my parents. Uh, it meant I had consistency in my education at last. But, you know, I, I still was not prepared really to, to face making long-term friendships. And, and no, there are people I was in that school with for seven years. And I loved them all, you know, but I, I don't think I ever really felt part of one group of friends. You know, I didn't have a, a set of friends that I hung out with the whole time and you know, and I'm, I know that's not necessarily normal for everybody, but in this, in that situation, you think it would be because we are all in the same situation for that many number of years. But I think what it did give me, though, was that I could be with anybody. I could go to any group and just fit in, and you know, I'd be accepted, and um, or at the very least, not completely rejected. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Uh, and I think that's again because I, I use I, not consciously. I didn't consciously think, "Oh, I've got to make them laugh," or "Oh, I've got to make sure I laugh at this point." You know, I would genuinely find humour in in what people said and did, and and I'd fit in with anyone. You know, I joined a a group who did role playing games, and uh, I had a, a couple of friends who were artists, and I had a bunch of other friends that were musicians, and another another bunch that were more sciencey people, and. You know, and it didn't matter what they did. I just always found, you know, laughter and humour with them. And uh, you know, it's it's. I think my my biggest love at the time was was working backstage in theatre. And there, in a way, that's a group of different people thrown together in the same situation, and you end yes. up 
having a great time with those people because you know it is it is just hilarious what goes on backstage <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I carried that on into my uh, my adult years as well uh, where I had some you know some great great times uh, but you know uh, this is this is exactly my point really is that about not having friends which sounds incredibly sad <laughs> but um, <laughs> is that you know I had worked in theater before I became a teacher and you know, and I had those great times with those people, but I'm not in contact with them anymore. You know, there's, of course, there's social media and Facebook and, you know, I can spy on them if I really want to. But, you know, I don't, you know, we're not, we're not talking and, and we're not meeting up and having a drink and that sort of thing. So, and that's just uh, something that is, I recognize as just a pattern of my life. You know, I, I make, mm. a, I move somewhere, make a connection, have have a great time, but then that's it. You know, once that time is over, it, uh, you don't really go back. But, you know, having said mm. that, uh, I would also happily meet those people. It's not like I wouldn't want to uh, spend mm. time with them again. It's just, it just doesn't happen because, you know, obviously we're in different circles now. But, you know, so I've never really had that kind of close, um, you know, friendship of through time and, and through anything, you know. But, you know, mm. I don't want anyone to pity me, of course. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> but, but if any of those people are listening, maybe they could, maybe they could contact you. Please contact you. me. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and could you tell us about, I mean, you are a creative person. You're, you're a writer and things like that. So how do you think that has played a part what what humor comes into your writing do you think because you've talked about that to me yourself so i think you write a comic strip don't you yes. how how has that been um influential in mm-hmm. in dealing with this stuff well i think you know comic strips are traditionally funny uh, and so when i first set out to draw this you know again none of this was done consciously none of this was a sort of like oh i must deal with this trauma or you know oh, i must make people <laughs> like me or anything like that but you know looking back pop psychologist way you know you could look back and go oh I I can see how I dealt with this trauma I did it by drawing cartoons and dealing with tough situations (laughs) in the cartoons and ultimately it being funny because you know boo sucks to that poor character who's just been you know tripped over or had something fall on their head you know (laughs) but my character would always make the best out of it like he he would always be very positive or it would just be you know water off a duck's back you know he he would always seem to be happy anyway, uh, no matter what happened to mm. him. So I think that probably was my way of dealing with it. You know, this kind of sense that I didn't have anyone to really uh, be with. And um, yeah, so looking back at that now, I go, yeah, you know, that that is probably how I dealt with it. But yeah, it, creatively as well, I think just in terms of uh, writing, because you know, I, I write uh, stories, um working on a novel now as well just plug that uh, but you know I, I try <laughs> I, I try to put in a little bit of humor there as well but really that is more gen that's that's not dealing with trauma that's genuinely I think I think stories with humor make them a bit more real and a bit more you know memorable and a bit easier to connect with the characters with as well but again that's that idea of connecting through humor and um, yes yeah. yes and you mentioned a radioactive rabbit mm-hmm. without a nose, yes, I think. That's, so. <laughs> yes, and I did have a couple of comic strips. Uh, one of them was a radioactive rabbit, sad, a sad rabbit, because, well, he doesn't have a nose. <laughs> um, the, the idea being that he just looks different and that it sucks. Uh, but <laughs> the way I resolved this is by inventing yeah. a squirrel 
friend who looks identical to him, apart from he's a squirrel. Uh, I think their tails are different. That's about it. Um, and and that's that's how he broke out of this. And it's quite, I think, you know, just talking now, it's quite interesting that the way I sort of felt dealt with this is by him having a friend who I guess felt the same as him. And mm. um, but he's he's the stoic one. You know, my my rabbit is the the one who's always sort of either doing or saying silly things and, and dealing with things in such a positive way. And the squirrel is there like, how can you be like this? This is, this is silly or this is crazy, you know, <laughs> but you know, and I think that's why they work so well as, as a friend friendship pair, but you know, they're both, I suppose, rejects of their, you know, respective societies. And, and, yeah. you know, when, when I was young, I did think of myself as a reject, you know, I proudly wore the badge of reject, even though, you know, looking back at it now, I, I literally wasn't because I could hang out with anyone. So, um, yeah, I have a lot, I have a lot to say to my, my younger self, <laughs> I think, if I could go back. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do. And I think probably a lot of us go through our life looking for the the squirrel with no nose that we will relate to. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> our, our friend who literally reflects us. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, let's move on to laughter itself. So um, you definitely have said laughter is something that you've used throughout your life. Um, what is your laughter? What sort of laughs do you have? Do you have different laughs for different moments? Well, it totally depends on the situation. Yeah, oh, totally. I've got I've the whole range of laughter. Um, you know, there's some things that I find funny personally. And, you know, that's that's much more of a sort of personal, like a <laughs> kind of laugh. Like, <laughs> inside like oh that's hilarious but no one else would find it funny probably <laughs> um then then there's a sort of just casual what i'd like to call i guess social laughing which is very much what you and i are doing i think you know just occasionally just the the little laugh of <laughs> that's <laughs> great uh, and um <laughs> exactly that uh, and then uh, but i am also very much capable of the guffaw you know and it's a proper and this is probably my most embarrassing laugh because it is a proper like people it's the, it's the type of laugh which people look at you and go oh my god <laughs> why why are they laughing like that it's not that funny you know but i'm there kind of going <laughs> You know, proper gut, <laughs> gut laugh, and that often that often leads to the silent, the silent arm flapping laugh, uh, which ends in a stomach ache. Of uh, and uh, I was trying to tell you earlier that I have much more sophisticated sense of humour, and I hate juvenile comedy. But I do have a friend who's got the most. He's a man child, and the most silliest things. And he will make me laugh until I'm crying. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'm not above that kind of humour. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there's I also have the nervous laugh. I, I think this is something I've tried to get rid of, and I have no idea if I have because it is subconscious. But I was one of those talkers who would kind of do a sort of really nervous <laughs> every time they finish speaking. <laughs> you know, And I think that was... Probably part like I did that as a child. Definitely, I could hear myself doing it and kicked myself every time. And I think again, that is part that was down to the whole. Let's make everyone laugh. Aren't we all having a great time here? You know, there's no no, no nothing to be uh, worried about because hey, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's a little nervous laugh. So yeah, I think um, 
Oh, and I have been known to snort as well, like occasionally. It's very rare, but I have snort snort every so often. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think does that cover all the laughs? Yes, I yeah, no, that's have great. Every laugh. um, I think there's two two things we could add to that, which might be also interesting. Is I know you have a young child, and you also have mm-hmm. a husband, so your husband you've said doesn't laugh very much, and your child does laugh. Could you tell us anything about mm-hmm. that type of laughter? <laughs> yeah I think um and it's I think it's a very you know, I, I, my husband doesn't laugh very much um because he's he's just you know he's not it, when I say that, it's a relative thing so he doesn't <laughs> laugh as much as me but he does laugh and those that what that's what I love because they're often shared moments mm. where you know only only a couple can really have I suppose where something comes up on television or something happens and you know you just throw each other a look and you start laughing, you know, it's that kind of like unspoken yeah, yeah. comedy because of a shared experience. And, you know, and that's, those are obviously the most warming moments. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so I really, obviously I really like those. And my, my son who's three has, a, has the most dirtiest laugh, you know, it's a proper <laughs> kind of laugh. <laughs> and yeah. And obviously he will laugh at very silly things, you know, so like I'd, literally would just you know today I was tossing a ball under my leg at him and that just made him laugh like oh you know and I'm there in in my head I'm like I don't I don't really know why that's so funny it's just it's just me looking silly I suppose <laughs> and he's laughing <laughs> laughing at me being silly and uh, but as a parent of course you learn that as soon as you do something that makes your child laugh that's it for the next half an hour you've got to just repeat it over and over because <laughs> A, that's all they want, and B, it is lovely to hear your child laugh, and especially if you're making them laugh, it's, it is the best thing. And I think you did admit earlier that you do find that a little bit boring. Um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> mark me down for bad parenting, but yeah, it's, it can get, but I think any parent would understand. Yeah. It does get a little bit tiresome when you're having to repeat something over and over <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're, they're still finding it as funny as the first time you did it and you're there going oh, again you want me to do it again <laughs> but you know that's after the first few hours <laughs> so yeah. um, but it, 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 don't get me wrong it's it's lovely to hear yeah laugh, the joy yeah, the joy of a child's laughter yeah, but you know, otherwise, you know, if I could film myself do it, just let him watch that, and I'll sit down for a bit. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I joke. I joke. I kid. That was a joke. <laughs> and uh, you've also said you don't like juvenile humour, but you did become a school teacher, so that's also um, interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. This is where it's interesting. Where a child uh, in my class might make a silly joke like literally you know it's it's things like making a fart noise and laughing at it it's like oh come on but sometimes the timing is perfect because t- timing and humor is so important yes. and yeah. you know let's and sometimes you do as a teacher you have to be the one who is not laughing and though i though, my, though a lot of the time with that sort of joke i do find it annoying and silly because i just want to get on with my lesson but you know sometimes however a student will do something like that. The timing will be perfect, and you you're there doing your very best not to laugh, and you just have to stand there and just think of crying, you know, <laughs> baby bats falling out of their nest or something, just so you don't laugh. Yeah. Um. Though you know, you asked me how important it was 
in my job and so on you know that's and that's the thing it's um sometimes when you can show them that you find it funny too it's it's it makes you more human i think students don't really see teachers as human mm. and you know if if you're there laughing with them um then they kind of appreciate that a little bit like it does really warm you up to them a bit and and for me i bring humor into the classroom because you know on purpose um because I think it, you know, it helps with the relationship, and uh, it's it's the sort of humour that is often um, you're told not to do it. You know, it's sar- sarcasm or something like that. I think sarcasm mm. is not appropriate for the younger kids, but when you've got, you know, six formers who are, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you know, sometimes I'll make a joke, and it might be a bit insulting, a bit disparaging, or it might, it might even, I I often insult myself actually. Mm. And I'll do it very quickly and under my breath. And there's always a couple of them. One, one will kind of like snigger, you know, like a little like, you know, because they think I shouldn't be laughing at that, but that was really funny. And others will look at each other like, did she just say that? Did she, did she just make, what? Did she just make that joke? (laughs) Uh, And other times it'll be right out there. There'll there'll be, I'll say something and another student will just go, ha, miss just, you know, just tore you up. (laughs) And then, you know, and and I'll, but I'll just stand there smugly at the front like, yes, I just made them laugh. (laughs) So it's a bit of a triumph. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's really great. Um, okay, can you tell us um, about your triggers? So we sort of have heard quite a lot about it, I think. But what would you say would be your first sort of port of call to have a jolly good laugh? Mm, um, I think, you know, the, a good comedy film or, or any, anything on TV or anything to make me laugh. You know, I have fond memories of uh, watching uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Uh, which for you young people out there was a not very good comedy right now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a little bit um, inappropriate these days, but <laughs> the, the opening sequence of Jim Carrey, who is unknown at the time, just this bizarre walk with a box down the street to this music that's happening had me in tears. And But the best part about that memory was my mum, and I went to watch this film on our own and, and we both were laughing out loud in the cinema, which I think is always an achievement. No one wants to make a big fuss in the cinema, uh, especially if you're English. So for us to be laughing out loud, that, you know, again, really nice warm memory. And um, But I'm going off topic. So <laughs> No, not <laughs> yes. at all. That's any, completely any on com- topic. Any comedy sort of thing, any, any, anything, any classic sort of comedy, um, you know, and I do, I do appreciate all sorts of different humours. And I, I do put this down to growing up in different countries. Now, for example, I've just finished watching uh, an anime series uh, called The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. And um, it's uh, quite a unique anime. I've never sort of seen anything as funny, I suppose. It's a, it's considered a slice of life type uh, humour where it's just high school kids except one of them happens to be an omnipotent psychic who can basically do anything he wants, but he's just trying to be normal. And that's been making me laugh quite a lot, you know, and, and but the humor is very Japanese. I'd put it down to quite Japanese humor, but I'm, 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 I like, I like that I can get that, that I can find humor in most different comedies, you know, and it doesn't matter if it is from a different culture, you know, so yeah, that's that's generally where I, I go to get my laughs, really. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, and that well, that shows, I guess, one of the advantages you have um, is in that being someone who's grown up with so many cultures, you do relate maybe more than most people would to different types of humour. Do you think that's true? Yeah, perhaps. I think you know, it, it, I, I don't want to say that's a special skill of mine just because of my TCK, but you know, anyone anyone who watches, for example, a lot of anime would would also get that. You know, they get the the Japanese humour is very distinct in the in the in the anime so anyone who watched a lot of it whether they'd grown up elsewhere or not i think would still find it funny but yes now i think you're and you're, you're probably right there is an aspect of that and you know especially things uh uh singaporean humor and malaysian humor you know there is there are those are very distinct forms there was a, a bunch of viral videos recently that went round my um friends who still live in singapore about a Singaporean who was watching Jamie Oliver make rice, <laughs> is, and it is actually hilarious. And he's there, and he's got this—he's putting on this Singaporean kind of like thick Singapore. It's called Singlish accent, uh, which is basically a mix of English and Mandarin and Malay. <laughs> but it is just hilarious how angry he gets. <laughs> Jamie Oliver cooking rice wrong. <laughs> uh, I genuinely don't know if my English friends would find it as funny. Like I found it, like again, I was crying. It was so funny, oh, but great, I, don't, I don't, yeah. generally don't know if if my English friends would get it. Um, so yeah, I suppose yeah, being a TCK does help uh, me access lots of different forms. Wonderful. Now that's really great. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about laughter? Anything that you'd say to people maybe who don't find it easy to laugh, or anything you'd like to say to any squirrels without any noses out there? Any anything you'd like to? Say, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to think about this one actually. Um, I think it's it can be difficult. I think from the aspect of making friends and so on. I think one of the one of the things that I realised when I was young was that you don't have to make people laugh to like you. You know, which can be a tempting thing to try because people do spot someone who's trying too hard, and the the best sort of way to make friends easily is actually more laugh at their jokes and laugh with them get their sense of humor and if you don't like their sense of humor then you shouldn't be friends with them <laughs> basically <laughs> but <laughs> it's you know don't don't try too hard to be funny yourself and just try and and find but find the humor the things that make you laugh make you feel happy and if you find people who make you laugh you know that's that's it that's that's who you should be with i think Obviously, if they're making you laugh because they're killing birds or something, then that's you should you should see someone about that. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, more normal avenues. <laughs> you know, la laughter is the key, I think, to happiness and co a content life. You know, I feel despite my my upbringing and and my lack of friends, <laughs> um, I still feel. I'm quite happy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a happy person. I'm content, and and maybe it's because I've shoved all those dark, horrible feelings about being a reject deep down into my psyche, and one day I'll just go out and shoot everyone. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I feel I feel I've dealt with it. Yeah, <laughs> I've accepted. I've accepted. Yeah, or you'll write a novel yeah, that or, will be a bestseller. That will be also great. Exactly. Yes, it will be. You know about someone who it, I'm sure it's never been written written about before but a comedian who doesn't do very well and, and goes crazy 
and uh, <laughs> sure, sure, no one's ever written that story. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading your version of it very much. So, thank you so much, Samia Nicholas. It's been great to speak to you, and thank you for your laughter. It's been lovely. Thank you very much, thank you. and thank you very I hope much for you me. have and, uh, more happy times ahead with lots more laughter thank you thank, thank, thank you. you thank you i hope i made you laugh that's all i hope make your audience laugh you did you did make me laugh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to the first episode in our second season of laughter on tap there are many more episodes coming and if you've enjoyed laughing with us please share this podcast with as many people as you can thank you for listening <laughs> goodbye <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>